Hello, everyone. This is Mike Lindstedt, the president and co-founder of the Nehemiah Project, and you are listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast, where we replace hopelessness with hope. Today, I am with my good friend, Mr. Dan Nitschke. How you doing, Dan? Great, Mike. And today, we're going to speak about work. What does God have to say about work? And it turns out that God has a lot to say. And I wanted to bring Dan on the podcast today because... Dan is such a blessing to the Nehemiah Project's ministry because he is teaching uh, our people in our recovery program how to be great entrepreneurs, great employees. He's teaching our first life skills class that we have every Wednesday night. Starts from starts from at six and goes. How long do you guys go? Seven. Uh, it's usually one hour. One Sometimes hour. it goes a little longer. I can get a little long winded. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've heard. Honestly, nothing but positive feedback from all of the individuals in uh, who attend your classes. So I wanted to bring you on the podcast today. Um, God has blessed your life, Dan, um, uh, with salvation, with mm-hmm. uh, different business ventures. And um, it's an honor to know you, man. It really is. I'm so gla- like glad that God brought you into my life. Um, I feel like you and I are very similar in a lot of regards. And yeah. uh if you give us too much coffee and we get to Waffle House talking, we might be there for <laughs> we might be there for a couple hours. And that's crazy. That's just how God works in His economy. Because we were introduced from a mutual friend. It's like, yeah. Dan, you got to meet this guy. I think you'd hit it off. Yeah. And and that's how it started, really. Yeah. And then now, all of a sudden, I'm I'm here helping out at Nehemiah and and um, trying to contribute however I can. So it's it's kind of cool how things work like that. It's such a cool thing to watch God's providence. But Dan, um, I want to allow the people listening to get to know you a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So just give us like a three to five minute testimony of how you got saved, you know, um, share as much as or as little as you like, but then I want it to flow into your entrepreneurial life, sure. you know, so sure, what sure. are you doing now, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so uh, quickly, uh, uh, I grew up in a Lutheran uh, household and I uh, thought I was saved, but not really saved. Went off to, um, uh, I remember a, uh, I graduated on a Friday and on, uh, I grew up in Billings, Montana, so up north. Mm. Um, I graduated on a Friday, Saturday. Uh, I was on a plane out to New York uh, huh. uh, to start my, my new life. And um, I thought I had uh, pretty much life figured out. So at 18, I set off on my own and failed miserably, crash and burned, <laughs> and uh, got got hooked up in uh, the wrong crowd, drugs, alcohol, just working a night shift from seven at night to seven in the morning, um, made some horrible decisions and started my death spiral down. Mm. And I... I I think I had enough sense at that point to realize about a year in that I was on the wrong path. And so um, I decided to come back home, which didn't work out. And through through the next several years, I kind of bounced around the country. I moved to um, uh, Denver, Colorado, then to Vail, Colorado. I became a ski bum. A friend of mine said that um, they needed an extra roommate in Santa Barbara, which is our connection, of yeah, course. that's where I grew up. Um, miss it. Um, so... Uh, it turns out that he had a an extra bedroom and needed a roommate on the beach, and so I'm like, "Hey, why not? Yeah. Let's go do that." Ski bum to a surf yeah, bum. Yeah, that's right. Oh, come on. And uh, <laughs> life was good, uh, but the thing was, is at that point I was still, I was still in the world, and still trying to find happiness through uh, going to the bars and and having these crazy night episodes with my buddies and thinking that was living thinking yeah. that was life and and we were we were um, trying to get everything we could out of it but the reality was my friends weren't true friends they the, the minute I'd leave the room they'd stab me in the back mm-hmm. uh, they, they they weren't supporting me they just wanted a good laugh and have a good time but there was no meaning, no depth to it. And I remember at the time living in, in Santa Barbara, there were three girls that were living up above me that were going to a Christian college, Westmont. Mm-hmm. And uh, the interesting thing was, is I I did, there was one girl that caught my eye. And so I wanted to start spending more time with them than I did going out to the bars with my buddies. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed was, on the weekends, these guys were having a great time. I mean, they were they were playing games and hanging out and um, 
it didn't recall it didn't re, uh, require alcohol it didn't require getting stoned or drunk it yeah. they were just having a good time yeah. without any of that and i remember thinking to myself i didn't even think this was possible right <laughs> and so that kind of started um it's, things were starting to change at that point and i think god was moving um, but it wasn't until uh, me and uh, Anne Marie were starting to get more uh, into a relationship that she had to approach me and say, "Hey, look, I don't think we're equally yoked. We're on yeah. two different paths." And I said, well, "What? What does that mean?" Right? What the heck does equally yoked mean? <laughs> what, what are you talking about? We're not oxen. Speaking Christianese. Yeah. Too. And um, she's like, "Well, I, I'm a Christian. I've got different values than you." And yeah. and my response to her was. I'm a Christian. I, I was born and raised a Lutheran. I, I, was, I was confirmed in the church. What wow. are you talking about? And she's like, no, no. <laughs> Spiritually, I, I think we're on two different paths. Wow. And so that really had caused me to uh, rethink what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> fast forward <clears throat> to the summer, I, I ended up uh, selling. Uh, I had a motorcycle. Uh, and, and a little sports car. And I sold both of those and bought a van. And uh, I just surfed up the coast of California, up mm-hmm. into Oregon for the whole summer. I lived out of my van and just surfed. But before I left, uh, my sister had given me a Bible. And, um, and uh, I had vowed that at, at least for these three months, I owe it to myself. I owe it to myself to see if God is real. If Christianity is all that it's cut out to be, if mm. this was, you know, I, I was, I, I, I kind of basically challenged, challenged God. I just right. said, if you're real, you're going to have to prove it and show it to me. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to just kind of write this whole experiment off and I'm going to go on my way. And there's so many people that get to a point in their lives where that's basically what comes out of their mouth. Yeah. And God <laughs> never, never Well, I'm, I'm almost <laughs> embarrassed to even admit it. Like, I, I, literally took out a, a, a legal pad and I had pros and cons of becoming a Christian. Like, <laughs> At least you're analytical it, about it, it. No, it sounds silly, but I was like, I got to give up uh, oh hanging goodness. out with my friends and I, I can't have fun anymore. I was like, it's the, the, the stupid things that come to your mind because right. the image that you have is what the world wants you to believe. Right. But what you're missing is the true life that's within you. Man, that's and so true. It's it's crazy. So yeah, anyways, yeah. It's deception. God God of course, you know, nailed me. I mean, yeah. he he there you know, there are coincidences and there's confirmation. And there is no like without a shadow of a doubt, confirmation after confirmation after yeah. confirmation that he he had proven himself real to me and that started the process. And wow. so that, I mean, that's, I don't know if that was where you're going with that question. Absolutely. That's, that, that was the road of my conversion. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, going from a ski bum to a surf bum, man, I just, I love it. And then how God used a female you yeah. know, in your life. Yeah. You did that with me too, by the way. Well, and you know, it, it, true. And, and so I, I come back after that experience thinking, oh my gosh, me and Anne-Marie, we're going to get married. This is like, uh, I yeah. totally like, my, I, I've got like a different set of, like, I remember as a Christian, giving my life uh, to, to to Christ, and then like seeing the first sunset and and seeing it from different eyes, wow. and going, oh my gosh, like mm. the the handiwork of God, and yeah. just see like the landscape and everything, like everything looks and feels differently. You your lens, yes, is different. The way you see life is different, and then life gets in the way, and then you start re you you, you kind of end up kind of sliding a little bit back to your old life and mm-hmm. somewhere there's this struggle in in your world what was that was that reality was that really what i was feeling or was yeah. that just me kind of going through another phase yeah for sure and um so anyways uh Anne marie and i it didn't work out and that was like that was like a test it was like well was i did i become a christian for her mm. or is this really about me? Yeah. And that that was at the point where I started to own it, you know. No, this is this is me and God through through my brokenness through that relationship, God again revealed the Holy Spirit to me wow. and gave me peace. That's so good. And and look, that that peace and the Bible talks about that peace that transcends all understanding. Yes. 
Like, you can't explain it. Like, on paper, I can't explain what that piece is like. Right. But I can tell you on the inside, emotionally, yes. I can tell you what that piece is like. Yes. And so that was the first experience. And then um, God moved me out of California to Fort Lauderdale, and I was going to a fantastic church. And that's mm-hmm. really where uh, I started to really get involved and uh, be a part of the church and then be mentored, you know, mm-hmm. by uh, by people who really came alongside me and helped me walk the walk. That's so important. And it, abs- oh, my gosh. So and important. that's where my growth was. That's that's where I became more of a, a Christian and walking on my two, own two yeah. feet than just kind of being a, a, a bystander. Right, know? yeah, nominal Christian, as, right, I, right. as I like to call it. Man, that's so good. And God... God always, dude, I love how you said how your lens is different. You start to read his word and he always renews your mind. And when he's renewing your mind with the truth of scripture, your lens completely changes. You go, my goodness, like this didn't just all pop up and appear out of nothingness, right? Like, like it was, it had an intentional creator behind it all and he sustains it. He's created it. He's I just, I'm I'm always amazed at how creative God is. And you can take that same scripture like you could read that scripture five years ago and yeah. have meaning in that and yes. go, man, God like nailed me. That was fantastic. And, and I'm going to apply that to my life. And then you'll be sitting in a church service or, or having a study or a quiet time or whatever it is and read that same scripture and then have a, totally have different context, different meaning for your life. Yes. Same scripture, but it's just at a deeper level. Right. Like there's so many layers. It gets better with age. Yeah. You know, the scriptures do. You know, with, with more of your life experience, you are your lens, I guess, gets more and more clear and focused, you know, and you start yeah. to see situations and 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 trials and things that, you know, occur in life either to you or around you or even through you sometimes. Mm-hmm. You see them totally different, you right. know. You see them truthfully, I would say, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you started going to that church, you started getting discipled, which is how the Bible describes that relationship, that growth, right? Mentorship yeah. is kind of a more common word that we use nowadays. And then how did you get to Mandeville and what are you doing now with, with your life? And what is God leading you in? What so are the various things my, that, that he's got you doing? My trade <clears throat> always has been in printing. And so the... Um, I started my first business in my college apartment uh, while I was going to school, and uh, it was a uh, it was a device used to save time and money uh, and material in the printing industry, offset printing. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I w- with with my friend, who's generally it was his idea, uh, but I took the ball and we became 50-50 partners. Yeah. Uh, I started marketing it, and then I started traveling, and I started doing trade shows. I mean, I was 20 years old, and wow. and I was growing this business to where I was traveling all over the country, and it reached a point where, what do I need school for? I already know what I'm doing. Like this is this is it, and I'm for I didn't have time. I was traveling, you know, yeah. two weeks out of every month, and then I was trying to do school, and it was like. And they didn't have online school back then, huh? Oh, no, man. Yeah. They didn't even have cell phones. Are you kidding right. me? <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'll just hop on a Zoom call and get in my class, right. you know? So um, I, I guess I, I dropped out of school and uh, I started uh, promoting the business and it started taking off. It was doing its thing. And um, a company out of Florida uh, really liked the product, bought the product and sold it to all 115 franchisees, which was a great deal Yeah, uh, for me. And uh, he came back and... Um, they offered me a job. And so timing was good. Um, mm-hmm. and the job opportunity was good. And so it was still in that printing environment. And so I was a field rep and I traveled around the country and this is how cool is this? Like I dropped out of college to be a business major. All of a sudden now I'm a field rep and every week I'm with a different owner of a multi-million dollar printing business. We're talking business and strategy. We're going through cash flow analysis, Love spreadsheets. Uh, like you want to talk about real application, real right. life education. Right. God gave it to me in a different way. I love it. I and love so it. that was a wonderful experience. And for the the next two and a half years, I just absorbed as much knowledge as I could about running businesses, dealing with people, um, understanding workflow, uh, scheduling all, you know, everything that's business related when it comes to the bottom line, your profit uh, margin. And, uh, 
I, I reached a point where uh, I wanted to do this on my own. I, yeah. I didn't want to tell other people how to run their businesses. I wanted to run the business. Yeah. And so there was uh, a business in New Orleans that was going bankrupt. It was within that franchise. Okay. And uh, another franchisee, Alabama, he had the the funding. I had no money, mm. but he had the money, and we formed a partnership where he he uh, put up the investment, but I ran the business. I had sweat mm. equity. We were 50-50 partners. Yeah. And um, I sold my soul to that business. Yeah. I mean, uh, 80 hours a week, Ooh. grinding it out. I mean, I'd wake up in the morning and throw up and go to work. I was Ugh. just like, I was a, a ball of nerves. Yeah. And, um, and again, I was 23, 24 years old. Uh, I was the youngest franchisee in the business, and um, you know, at when I and I and I was there to prove a point. I was right. there to prove that I could do this. So it it mattered not what was what I was going through, but I was going to make that a success no matter what. And how was your relationship with God filtering in throughout this whole process, or was it? Well, that's the interesting thing because I moved from Fort Lauderdale from a fantastic spirit filled church that was just like growing me leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was standing on two strong legs, like I, I could do anything. And, and, and my, my thought was, okay, I'm going to move from Fort Lauderdale, big city, to New Orleans, big city. Mm-hmm. Certainly there's going to be a church that's just like Calvary Chapel. Uh-huh. You know, I'll be able to go find another church like that, that easy. Mm-hmm. And I come out to New Orleans, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I, I, Where is I, it? Like, there's no fit. Like, yeah. I was ex- like, it was either it had a good message, but the worship was crappy, or uh-huh. like the the worship was really good, but it was uh, kind of kooky. Or right. I mean, there and it just all of a sudden, I'm I'm out here trying to figure this out again, and yeah. so mm. and that's then then I'm I'm kind of going through the desert experience where yeah. okay, well, um, here's Dan going off on his own path. I, I yeah. don't need church, and and I started doing things on my own. Uh-huh. Uh, on my own, without God, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and then that's where, gosh, it's just weird, man. Like, yeah. well, you, I noticed you, you said you sold your soul, and I don't know if you, you know, obviously you didn't mean that, but like those are the words you use. You, I sold my soul to that business, and so I was like, all right, well, where where was God then in this? You know, that's what I was thinking yeah. about, and, and listening to how, because the reason why I understand your heart behind this because I'm very similar to you in the fact that like when I know what I want, like I'm gonna go do it. You yeah. know what I mean? And I've been flattened so many times and fallen on my face with that mindset, yeah. you know? And thank God, like, you know, in one sense, it was like when I was 23, I was playing in a band. I was using drugs fairly heavily because my father had already passed away. And like, all I cared about was the band. You know what I mean? And the reason why I said, thank God, is like, thank God I wasn't in like corporate America because I would have, the, the money would have been a lot bigger. Yeah. The fall would have been so much harder. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I understand that mindset is like, this is what I'm going to do. I know exactly how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to go now. Well, you know? and, and, and I felt like I had something to prove. Like yes. I, I had a, like all of these franchisees were looking at Dan as the field rep that telling them how to run the business. Now I wanted to show them that I could do it. Yeah. And so uh, when I say 80 hours a week, that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. I was in there 10, 12, 14 hours a day, yeah. whatever it took. And, and, um, and I grew that business. I, I mean, yeah. it, it does, it's not hard to grow a business. Right. You just got to work at it, yeah. you know? <laughs> and, um, but what I found was the, the bigger I grew that business, um, the harder it became to run. Like yeah. we went to three shifts overnight. Um, we went uh, to uh, six employees, to 16, to 20, to 30, to 35 employees. And uh, it we had middle management. I had departments and uh, it, it, it consumed me and yeah. it, it didn't get easier. It got harder. And, and again, I was doing this without God mm. and uh, I'd kind of given up on finding a church. And so I was just kind of aimlessly just kind of it would work. Yeah. Work was my life. Yes. Uh, that's what I had. No time for relationships, no time for anything else. I was making money. I was doing great, but I still no time to enjoy anything else. Yeah. And so a friend of mine, uh, Suzanne had, uh, invited me to a uh, church service. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually she asked me if, uh, cause she, she didn't know anything about it and neither did I. So we decided to go and that was the vineyard church mm-hmm. uh, on the South shore. And that was it, man. It, it, finally, finally the, the, mm-hmm. the church that I had been looking for and a, a, a time in my life where I really needed to reconnect. Yeah. I was missing, like I, I knew, I knew what I was missing. Yeah. Uh, I just couldn't find it. And then when it presented itself, it was like, 
Mm. Okay, this feels more more like what I was looking for. It yeah. was small. Uh, the church was small, um, and it was a community atmosphere. And then we got it started getting connected. And uh, praise God, that's where I met my wife. Awesome. So you know, we met, we met in a, a a small group, and she she was a uh, kind of an outsider too, and uh-huh. uncomfortable. And and um, we were friends for for a while, and and then got married. Quickly after, <laughs> after God said that's the one for you. Oh, you're like, all right, well, I know what to do here. Yeah, like, yeah. why, why waste any Let's time? Get this it done. It. <laughs> that's beautiful, man. I love that. And your story is, uh, it's so relatable. You know what I mean? Like that's what the guys in, in Wednesday night uh, class they say about you all the time. It's like you're so relatable. You know, um, and um, I just think want to thank you for sharing your story. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to move on now to the theological underpinnings of of kind of like where we're going to talk about from this point forward. Um, and we're going to talk about work, right? We're yeah. talking about the work relationship between, you know, yourself and the rest of the world and, and your heart. Most, uh, importantly, the Bible has a lot to say about one's work life and their income. Uh, in fact, you know, it regulates every single aspect of your work life. The Bible also begins with the heart attitudes that an individual has before the Bible gets into anything practical. And, you know, at the Nehemiah Project, we always talk about the heart. Like on every single podcast, we talk about the heart because fundamentally from it flows your life. You know, if I read Proverbs, right? Proverbs 4, 23, it says this, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life. And when J- Jesus stands up in John chapter seven, verse 37, he's at a Passover feast and he gets up and, he, and he, he's just finished preaching a sermon and he, it's almost like he's overcome with emotion. He stands up and, he's, and, he, and he yells, anyone who believes in me, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. And we did a podcast on water and I followed that, that, that symbol all the way from the garden of Eden to revelation in the new, in the new earth, you know, and water symbolizes the life of God flowing through his creation, you know? And so when the Bible says in Proverbs four twenty three that you need to keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life, you know, your Dan said, you know, sort of, I don't know, he wasn't joking, but he said, hey, I sold my soul to that business, you know, and we we do that as human beings, even without us really understanding the depth of the seriousness behind that, you know, and, and when we do that, that's called idol worship, you know, and again, that's something that at the Nehemiah Project, we talk about all the time. We talk about the heart. We talk about how everyone was created to worship and whether or not you acknowledge that you do worship it is an, it's a fact that you worship something indeed. You either worship the creator or the creation. And you yourself are, create, are in that category of the creation. And I think for the American culture currently now with the Instagram, Facebook, social media generation growing up, we worship ourselves, yeah. you know, most, I think probably more than anything else. Um, and so we want to talk about the heart behind work today. So according to the God, according to the word of God, the heart is the foundation of life or sorry, is the fountain of life. And and we talk about the heart, like I said, in basically every single podcast, it's super important. And if you haven't already, I I would recommend that y'all listening out there, go listen to our four part series uh, called what makes humans human. Because in that series, pastor Chad and myself, we do a deep dive on the human constitution. So if you've ever like wondered, well, what does the Bible have to say about the conscience, right? For example, or about, you know, where we come from, how personality is created, all sorts of things that have to do with the human makeup, go listen to that four-part series because in it, we open up the word of God and we repeat back to you guys and we exposit back to you guys what the word of God says. And humans were created in God's image. Mm-hmm. We are sacred, you know? We aren't to be worshiped ourselves. The one who created us is to be worshiped. But there's a reason why we're different from all the animals on earth, you know? Um, well, I was going to also say, yeah. um, coming off of that is, in my life, I've been a Christian now for over 30 years. And I see, like, God moving in my life in certain ways that, uh, how do I want to say this? Like, if I check the attitude of my heart as opposed to the motives of my actions or what, I, what I'm doing in the physical or on the outside as opposed to what's happening on the inside, right? Yeah. Uh, God, um, 
my sister has a saying, God honors good choices, right? Mm -hmm. So if you make good choices, God's going to honor it. But the same thing is like my attitude. If I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, if I'm listening to God inside me and the direction that he's leading me and I act on that, like I make a physical action to move toward what God is telling me on the inside, Mm -hmm. he shows up every time. He shows up every time. But here's here's where the challenge comes in because the carnal man steps in and says, that's not God, and this is what you want to do. And then you start going off in a different direction, right? As yep. Mike's flipping over to a uh, page. You just said something that brought a scripture right into my so head. So as, as you go into a different direction and you start taking, there's there's the, where that struggle is, that that war that's going on inside. Yeah. And and so I, God like God will honor the, the attitude of your heart and the intentions. I, I'm not a theologian. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a pastor, but I'm just... Common sense tells me yeah. God will honor the actions of your heart and the purity and the motives within you yeah. far more than the actions of what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, God judges the heart, not the external. You know, it says that in Second Samuel, I think it's Second Samuel. It's either Second or First Samuel, uh, chapter 16, verse 17. It says that he doesn't judge as man judges. He judges the heart, you know what I mean? And his judgment is made clear of the human heart and uh, all throughout the Old Testament and into the New Testament when Jesus comes in is that out of the heart flows evil, right? So why is evil here? Don't look at God. It's coming out of your own heart. It's coming out of my own heart, you know? I am the perpetrator of evil along with Satan and obviously the fallen angels. But you had just said something that that brought Galatians chapter five, uh, verses 16 uh, through 17 into my, into my mind because you said the carnal man, Okay, if you're listening out there and you're not a Christian, you're not accustomed to the sort of language that we use, what the carnal man refers to is just a non-Christian, right? Because the Bible is pretty clear in its diagnosis of non-Christians that you're spiritually dead. Ephesians 2 chapter one, uh, I'm sorry, verse one says that you were dead in your trespasses and sins. When uh, Adam was in the garden of Eden, God gave him one commandment and he said, Adam, you can eat from all all of the trees that you can see. You can eat from any tree in the garden except for this one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Why? For when you eat of it, you will surely die. Adam did end up physically dying almost a thousand years later, but spiritually, immediately he was separated from God. Mm. Adam and Eve were immediately separated from God. Um, And we've talked a lot about that on our podcast. And so the carnal man is just a non-believer. And that person can't know God, the Bible says. Romans uh, 8, verse 4. Without uh, the Spirit of God, it's impossible to please God. If you are in the flesh, quote unquote, which means you, if you are not saved, you cannot please God. So we need God to give us life, and that's the gospel, right? You're spiritually dead before Christ. Why did Christ come? He came to give you spiritual life, and that is the abundant life. We talked about that in our last podcast. Once you've come to Christ, and we heard this in Dan's story, you're warring against the flesh and against the spirit. Yeah. These are categorical statements. The flesh refers to your humanness, your fallen humanness. The spirit refers to the spirit of God and all that is holy and pleasing to him. And so in Galatians chapter five, verses 16 through 17, it says this, this is the apostle Paul speaking, but I say, walk by the spirit. In other words, behave in a way uh, that is of the spirit of God, right? That's what walk means. Walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh or the carnal man. For for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other. This is my favorite part. To keep you from doing the things you want to do. (laughs) Wow. Now, God's not a cosmic killjoy. When he refers to the you in that, keeping from keeping keeping you from doing the things that you want to do, that you is referring to your fallen humanness. Jesus says, if you want to come after me, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross, and then follow me. And when he said, pick up your cross, he didn't mean it in some esoteric, symbolic way. For all we know, what we do know about Roman history is that crucifixions were very common. Mm -hmm. They would line the, the highways with crucified victims. So, for all we know, Jesus could have been saying that and there could have been people hanging from crosses right behind him. His disciples knew exactly what he meant by that. You must die to yourself. You die. And then in Galatians 2, listen to what Paul says. I have been crucified with Christ. 
Paul has been crucified yeah. with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I mean, beautiful. Yeah. But, but we've talked about this at length, so I'm not going to deep dive it now. But it has to do with also your work life, right? When we come into the the, the Christian existence, right? When, when, our, when God gives us life, everything, like Dan said, takes on a new lens. Everything. And that includes your work life. That includes how you conduct your business. That that includes the desires of your heart when thinking about your business, right? As a Christian, if my goal is to become the richest man I could possibly be, that is not in step with the line of with the with the will of God. There's nothing against being rich, but if you are if being rich is your biggest desire instead of God, you've got it all wrong. Yeah, right. God might He may bless you with the world. But it, that doesn't matter if you don't love God, right? So loving and God is God is, has a that? funny way of getting your attention through that. The the two times in my life where I like God has spoken to me almost through a megaphone, like almost <laughs> almost spiritual megaphone. Yeah, oh yeah, almost yeah. audibly was first when I I, I hit financial ruin, oh, yeah. and that was uh, years later as I um, I grew after I sold the printing business and grew my real estate business into a very comfortable lifestyle, mm-hmm. into uh, more money than I, as I say, than I had common sense. Like yeah. I, I was doing very well. Yeah. Um, God stripped all of that from me. Mm. Um, and I remember being so angry um, that it almost systematically, it was, it was almost like a cruel joke, like wow. one thing at a time until I was stripped with nothing. Just like, crumbling. Yeah. And and here I was like, well, God, I'm I'm leading a Bible study at my home. I'm going to church. I'm doing all the right things. Look I'm at doing, all the things yeah, I'm doing. God, aren't I'm you doing. impressed? Yes, aren't you impressed? <laughs> why would you Why would you take this from me? Like oh, almost wow. like vindictively, like it was yeah. uh, like being mean. Yes. And um, there was a time where I was just so physically mad and just cursing mm. at God for stripping everything away from me, to like. To where I was just, just a pile of goo, mm. and and I, I remember a very small, still voice going, you know, through my tears and, and frustration, God saying, "Good, I'm glad I got your attention. Now wow. let's focus on your heart." Wow. And and it wasn't until I had come to that point that I realized, whoa. This wasn't about God at all. We every real estate deal Paulette and I ever did, we used to to pray over and just ask for God's blessing. And then it got to the point where, you know, I'm doing multi five six right. deals a month, and it was like it was it was just a commonplace. Yeah. It was not that big of a deal, and everything Dan touched turned to gold anyway. So. Wow. You know, it was all about Dan. Yes. It was about how successful Dan was and what Dan was doing. And and I remember uh, having to, like, bear my soul and tell my wife, hey, we, I don't know how we're going to do this. Like, I seriously, like, we, we're going bankrupt. Wow. And, and can you get your job back? And can we put the kids back in school? And I remember how hard that was. For me to to humble myself as as a prideful uh, entrepreneur, mm-hmm. father and husband, to my wife to say I screwed it all up. Mm. What are we gonna do? You know what my wife told me? It's, I'll never forget it. She said, "That's the Dan that I want." Wow! I want the humble Dan. I don't want the cocky Dan. Wow! I'd rather live in a trailer by the river with that guy than wow. a big house on the on the lake. Wow. And praise God. Well, yeah, but it, it wasn't easy. <laughs> that, didn't make no. the, that didn't make life easy. I mean, it, we still had a long, long road to come out of the hole. But by the grace of God and by just, you know, coming back to my senses, and that's what we do, right? As, as humans, we, we, we think we, we get on this spiritual high, we start walking this walk, we start doing our thing, and life is good. And then as soon as life gets good, we start getting complacent. And then uh-huh. we start getting wooed by the world. Yep. And then we start changing our direction. And then our we just start we make these little compromises. And yep. those compromises add up. And then the next thing you know, you're isolated on an island by yourself again. Yeah. And you do it over and over again. And it just it's that 
it's that sinful nature that lives within us that pulls us and it's trying to separate us from our relationship with God. It mm-hmm. happens all, it's just, it, it's just, it's part of the world we live in. It's so true. I mean, you can read it in the Israelites experience, right? I mean, God prophesied all of that experience, everything you just said, basically God blessed you with wealth. You got used to that wealth. Then you said, ah, my hand has got me this yeah. wealth. Started to own it. That's literally words out of the book of Deuteronomy. Yeah. <laughs> like that is the human experience. Yeah. That is the sinful nature. Yeah. Is we we experience God's grace. We get we get numbed by it in a sense sometimes because we start to experience blessing and growth. And then we start, you know, oh, wow, look at all the stuff I'm doing. You know what I mean? It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. How did you even get here in the first place? Yeah. You know, yeah. man, that's so good, dude. I feel like we could talk about this forever, but I want I want to get into the scripture and then get into what you're yeah, doing yeah. with our guys on Wednesday. Um, it's it, this is so good, but just to recap, what the heart is, in case you guys haven't listened to what makes humans human, in one sentence, the heart is basically the immaterial part of what makes humans human, right? It's our it's our it's our mind, it's our thoughts, it's our beliefs, right? And those those things, the immaterial components of us. That's what drives our actions, right? So if we believe that God is our provider, we're not going to stress out if we see the bank account getting lower, right? As hard as that might sound, if you really believe that, God is going to take care of you and provide all your needs because, look, the Bible says that he gave you his son. How is he not also going to, with his son, graciously give you all things, right? Romans uh, 8.32. If that's what it says, that's what he's going to do. So, the immaterial part of what makes humans humans is the heart and it will drive all of our actions. And that's something that we continually preach here. And so I want to move on and read Proverbs 3 verses 1 through 24. It's a, it's a lot of scripture, but I think that it does such a great job of combining both the spiritual and practical components of what it takes to be not only a godly person, but a godly entrepreneur or a godly employee. So here's Proverbs chapter 3 verses 1 through 24. My son, do not forget my teaching. But keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faith, faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those who he loves, as a father, the son in whom he delights. Blessed are those who find wisdom and those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her, way, all her paths are peace. She, meaning wisdom, is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed." By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the watery depths were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. My son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion, for they will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. What beautiful words from the Bible that truly do just encompass the heart component to what makes a godly person, a godly entrepreneur. We see a lot of great advice there as it it concerns our work life. Honor the Lord with your wealth, the first fruit of all your crops, right? This was an agricultural society, so crops to them were wealth, as, as well as gold and silver, but crops were crops and livestock were much more common, uh, I guess, tokens of money in that, mm-hmm. in that day for barter. But we just see all of these things. What, what, what always prefaces the practical things in the scriptures is always the hard attitude behind them. And that's what I really want to focus in on today. And we've just heard so much from 
the experience sharing that that Dan's done and that I've done, and 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 man, it's just been such a great talk. But I want to just kind of go over some of the scriptural references to work in the Bible, so as you guys can see what God has to say about it. And I love how Dan, me, and you were talking before uh, we started the podcast, and you'd mentioned, you know, Adam. Adam was working, you know, he wasn't just floating around there drinking heavenly martinis or, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever people think you do in heaven. He wasn't just hitting golf balls, right? I mean, it says in Genesis 2, 15, that the Lord God took the man that he created and put him in the garden of Eden to work it. Yeah, we were created to work. Exactly. I, I get purpose from work. I, I, I don't know if you're like this, but I am. Uh, if, if I go... I, I, first of all, I can't vacation very well because I can't sit still. That's like me. I, I really need to be doing something. I, if I'm at an Airbnb, I'm looking at something to fix inside the Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> and go out there. I'm gonna work. get an Airbnb and have you go <laughs> check it out. Um, but I, 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 I my purpose yeah. is to work with my hands. That's yeah. that's I truly believe God created me to be that, and I'm using those gifts and talents uh, to the best of my ability, and. Uh, I feel fulfilled by that. Yes. That's so good. You know, and again, like anything that has been made by God, is it can be good, right? Mm-hmm. God, When God created everything, he looked at it and he said it was very good, but then sin entered into the world. And so how that affects our perspective on things like work, because you said, I, I'm fulfilled by that. Amen. I agree with that. And it's so easy for people then to idolize their job and find their identity in their mm-hmm. job, right? Because look, if you, let's say, I don't know, lost both your hands, right? Couldn't work with your hands. Would you still be all that God created you to be? Absolutely, yeah. right? Absolutely. God knew that was gonna happen, right? He ordained that to happen. He still called you and saved you, yeah. right? And and we're all body of the Christ. And, you know, so, yes. so like, where your your spiritual gifts, the giftings that God has given you, mm-hmm. um, God is using that, like mm-hmm. in in the Nehemiah project and mm-hmm. this podcast, and reaching out to those who need to hear this message, right? Yeah. So th- that's the giftings that God has given you, and you're using that. Yeah. Uh, my giftings are a little bit different. Yeah. Like I, I'd like to work with my hands. I like to help people. I have a. Uh, that part of me that wants to uh, mentor and be a, um, um, a helper like those who have helped me on yeah. my journey. Yeah, and and so there's there's part of that in the body of Christ that we're all having different roles. Just because you may not be handy or you might not you know physically work a different way that I do, that doesn't mean that God can't use your talents in a different right. way. We're right. all different parts. And we're all necessary. You yes. Know? I love yeah. how you use that, the body image, you know, like uh, Paul says, can the hand say to the foot, I have no need of you? Yeah, yeah You exactly. know what I mean? No, yeah. we all are necessary. Right. Man, that's so good. But you know what inevitably comes into, I think every person's mind, well, I know every person's mind about work is like the drudgery, right? The inevitable like grind, like freaking working the nine to five, just grinding, you know what I mean? And it just seems like it's like, ugh, you know? And and every human being experiences that. And and I want to just read a couple of scriptures that, (laughs) you know, the tendency is to like either, I mean, stop going to work, which would be one extreme, or to go to work and just kind of do like, you know, not up to par job. I was going to say something else, but uh-huh. a, a job that's not on par, you know, and, and, um, or, you know, just to sort of mentally disconnect, you know, there's all these like escapism sort of tactics that yeah. people use, you know, and some are worse than others, but I want to just read what the scriptures have to say, you know, as it concerns that mindset, right? Proverbs 20 verse 13 says, do not love sleep or you will grow poor, right? Speaking also of just like your mindset of going to work, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? You want to not be poor? Go to work. Don't rely on the government. Right? Don't right. rely on charity. Don't rely on other people. If you can move around and you have a brain, get up and go put it to use. You know, stay awake and you will have food to spare, right? Don't love sleep, right? Don't love being uh, slothful, lazy, right? Proverbs 6, verses 6 through 11. You can just look at the ant. This is a great example of it. Proverbs 6, 6, 11. Go to the ant, you sluggard, and consider its ways and be wise. Okay, if you don't know what to do, just go look at the ant. Sure. Look what it's doing, right? It's a small creature. It says this, the ant has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? Hmm. (laughs) When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. Hmm. And it doesn't, I mean, I was at that point in my life. 
I've literally slept under bridges on a pallet, piece of cardboard. I've literally slept on the dirt ground out in the middle of the woods. I mean, I was a homeless guy. You know, I was. That's where I had gotten myself, you know what I mean, with my decisions. This, okay, that imagery, like, obviously you were off the mark. Way (laughs) off the mark. But the thing that keeps coming back to me is like your identity in Christ. Who Christ has made you to be. Right. Using your talents and your giftings to to minister those that don't know who Christ is, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a saying in my household is, you know, some some days I come home just feeling really good about, you know, the day's work. And I, I say, you know what? If you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. That's right. You know, right? That's right. And so it, when, when you, God has given you a purpose and a plan and you're on that plan and you're fulfilling it, it doesn't feel like work, man. Right. Like you get to participate. You yeah. get to be a part of this. Yeah, so good. And I actually want to say something that's that when God taught me this, it was like it was just like a whole paradigm shift in my mind. Is I think a lot of younger people, um, meaning like right out of high school or like right out of college, right? Like when you kind of have these launching off points, it's like you have an opportunity to go be free from your parents' rule or you know yeah. go do something with your life, right? I think a lot of young Christian people, especially, they confuse the calling of God in their life, like specifically how God wants to use them with their occupation. And they think that those things are wedded together necessarily when they're not. And how do I know this? Because Paul the apostle worked as a tent maker with Priscilla and Aquila. Yeah. What do we know the apostle Paul for? His great quality tents, his great business that he started with tent makers? Mm. No, we know him for writing this thing, the Bible. He wrote a ton of the New Testament and yet he never received a dime for that. Now there was points in his life where he did receive charity from churches so that he could focus just on doing that. Because without a question, like where you focus, that's what's gonna grow, you know? Yeah. But I bring that example up because I was that that young Christian guy. Like, oh, I gotta be a pastor. You know what I mean? Because I felt the the call to ministry. Like I, I knew that God had gifted me in the ability of, of, of wisdom to understand the scriptures, yeah. to be able to synthesize them, of teaching. I'm able to explain, you know, concepts to people that are deep and sometimes complex. Um, and I, I'm not a smart guy like on paper. So that's definitely God in my life. I understood who I was, but I was still wedding these two concepts, my occupation and my calling, how God wanted to use me together necessarily when in the Bible, they're not. Well, what I see... And I, I get what you're saying there. Yeah. Uh, I see people who are becoming Christians separate their Christian life from their work life. And they actually live two worlds. Yeah. They've got one foot in the world and one foot uh, in their Christian walk. And they can't seem to make the connection together. Yeah. And so they're, they end up being, as the Bible says, lukewarm. And that's no good to anyone. No. And so there, there has to be a point where you have a, a, a reckoning and realize, no, God's given me these talents that I can do both. I can still mm-hmm. be a Christian yeah. in my workforce. Yes. Like I can still live and walk my Christian walk and do what I, what I do right. and be good at it. Yeah. And like at the end of the day, you're a Christian no matter what you do for a living, right? You got to pay the bills, right? And as you're going along that journey, you know, whether you want to be your own entrepreneur, you like your own boss or go be an employee, which both are great. They're, they're not like being an entrepreneur is not for everybody. Being an employee is not for everybody. Whatever it is for you, as you're kind of on your journey, figuring out what your work life's going to be and what, you know, how God wants to use you specifically, if you feel the call to ministry, for example, you're still a Christian, you yeah. know what I mean? And so no matter if you're scrubbing toilets, right? If you're if you're if you're working as a, a a food you know checkout person at a grocery store, or if you're running a Fortune 500 company, it doesn't matter. Jesus Christ's commands are the same. Yeah. Go and make disciples of many nations, baptizing them in the name. Going right. back to the attitude of the heart. Yes. What is your motives? What is your attitude of your heart? It's not on the outward. It's not right. on the physical. It's not what you do. It's not the car you drive. It's not uh, the house that you live in. It's none of that. If you want to live in a nice house and drive a nice car, great. But where where's your where's your attitude? Yeah. Like, are, are you driving that car to impress someone, or are you living in that house because you you you're keeping up with your neighbor, or is your attitude say, God's just blessed me with this yeah. and I want to give back and yes. I want to do something more. I want Amen. to do something more. I love it. 
So I want to talk about what you're doing with our guys and, and ladies in the life skill class that you teach, right? Because um, you just brought up like something, something you said, I can't remember exactly what it was. It reminded me of the scorecard uh, lesson that you had them mm. do, you know? So um, what are you, what exactly are you doing with them? Like just share a little bit about what you're doing with those people in there and what's the purpose and point behind what you're teaching them? Okay, well, first... <laughs> For anyone who's listening that's on the fringe, this is what I would say. Um, God can use you no matter where you're at. Amen. And I'm at a place in my life where, you know, it's time that I start doing more than just existing. And I think that's, I I, honestly, I think that our uh, meeting that we've gotten to know each other and, and over this last year was really God ordained because I've been wanting something like this to give more, to to look for a place to 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 not just donate money, but donate my time and resources to. Yeah. And it seems like it's a good fit. So um Praise God. <laughs> yeah. Do I feel qualified for this? No, not absolutely right. not. I'm just showing up. Yeah. But that's the beauty, right? right? Because when you just show up, that's when God shows up. I love it. And so um well, we started out the Wednesday night. This was yeah. just kind of a collaboration of the two of us saying, well, what is it that you have to offer? Yeah. And I'm like, like, I don't know, man. I mean, I love I love business. I love, uh, you know, helping people. Mm-hmm. Like, if you could figure out a, a formula for that, great. Yeah. I'll, I'm your man. Yeah. And so that's literally how it started. Yeah. And I love the fact that I've gotten to meet these guys and, yeah. and, and, and all of a sudden it's like, God's given me a desire. Yes. Uh, that's God. God's given me a desire to see a change in their lives, and that you know maybe I can offer something here. And so the first night, uh, you know, we talked about my story, and then uh, the second night we talked about the scorecard. And yeah, and I think a lot of times people just go on their journey and they just exist. I just want to get a good job that pays money. They don't understand what their why is. Like, right. what, what is it? What is it that, how is it that God created you in such a special way that these are your talents? And when you use those talents, it doesn't feel like work. It's like, this is what you were designed to do. This right. is who you are. It's right? like Adam working in the garden, you know? He, he, that's what he was designed to do. That's where God put him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And work's not a bad thing. Not at all. No, it's a, it's a very fulfilling thing. So, yes. But how do you know what that is? Like mm. there is there is a measure that you need to, and 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 I don't think people do this. I don't think people... Um, literally put on, uh, put in stock. Like, what are the the values of like what's important to them? What this is, is the it that they, yeah the scorecard about. the scorecard yeah. basically I'm going to break it down in three yeah. simple categories, and it's it's what's important to you personally. What are the things that like when you wake up in the morning? This is like my God given talent is to go do with it, yes. gardening. Like, man, I I just can't wait to get out and and garden and pull yeah. the weeds and 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 see the fruit that's being produced through yeah. my efforts. That like if I do that, that's man, that's that's who I am. Yeah. Well, that's that is something that's very important to you. Yes. Um, my free time is very important to me. Money is not like my ultimate goal. My free time is. I like yeah. spending time to for just me doing what I like to do. Yeah. And I have my activities and those things are important to me. So on the personality uh, or the things that are uh, important to you personally, that that all goes down into like one column that you just, it, it, my friend calls it a brain dump. You just like whatever, the first yeah. thing that comes to your mind, you just unload it and is, you can write as much as you want. Just keep writing and you can keep expanding to this list because that's going to form a picture once you get to a certain point. Mm-hmm. The second thing is your family. Like what are important... What are the things that are important to you in your family life? Mm-hmm. You may not even have a family. You may not even have a a, a a boyfriend or a girlfriend. That's okay. But if you're moving in that direction, what 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 would that girlfriend look like? What would her characteristics be? What would be her motivations? What do you want that woman to look like? And if you have a wife, then what are your family goals? If you don't have a family yet, how many kids do you want? Mm-hmm. What are the... Is it one girl, two boys, three boys, one girl? I mean, how is it in 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 your mind? What does that look like? And take it a step further. When you have your family, you know what school are they going to go to? 
Um, what do you want them? Do you want them to be athletic? Do you want them to be, you know, academic? Yeah. Or what are their skills? Like really paint this picture, go out on a limb and just kind of really expand the things that are important to you and what that looks like, like not just today, but next year, five years, 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. And then the third category is your financial category. Like how much money is it that you need to live on today? Mm -hmm. Like you really sit down with a budget, really figure out, well, I've got a car payment. I've got a house mortgage. I've got my, um, my medical expenses. I've got my food. I've got my entertainment. I got my clothing, like literally do the Dave Ramsey approach to yeah, a budget. That's the part no one likes doing. <laughs> but it's important. Oh my It's goodness. very important because you yes. can't have a picture without understanding where you're at right now. Right. And then figure out where it is that you want to go. Yeah. And like, how much money do you want to make next year? Like, do you want to buy a house next year? Okay, well then, how much money are you going to need to save up to have that house? And yeah. if you... If if you have that much money, what kind of house are you going to buy? What's that going to look like? Mm -hmm. What's it going to look like? Like Paulette and I, we've got our last kid in the house and, and uh, we're starting to think about retirement. Mm -hmm. What's that look like for me? How do I want to spend my time? Where do we want to do? Yeah. How much, if I do retire, how much money do I need to live on mm -hmm. in order to sustain that lifestyle to continue to, the, to, to be on the path that I am? And yeah. so all of that requires a bit of calculation and you can only do that personally for yourself. I can't, mm -hmm. I can't define what those areas are for you because you're, what's important to you is not important to me. Right. And so by doing that, you're able to kind of create what we call the scorecard, okay? And the yes. scorecard is just nothing more than a place to start throwing ideas at. Like uh, you have a new idea for a business venture or you want to start a new job or you want to move to a new city or you want to, you know... Um, create something differently uh, in conjunction to what you're already... Well, now you have something to throw against your scorecard. What What are my personal goals? What it, By me becoming an Uber driver, mm -hmm. does that meet my criteria for my free time? Mm -hmm. Does it give me the ability to spend time with my family? Does it create additional income so I can grow into my future and provide for a retirement? Mm -hmm. Well, no, it, because it's requiring this much more of what little time that I have. So, no, that doesn't – being an Uber driver doesn't help me. Right. Um, let's – okay, well, let's start another idea. And yeah. so you just keep throwing these ideas at your scorecard to see if it lines up. So good. And it, and it helps. It, yeah. it, it helps kind of define what your why is. And that's really like when you understand what your why, why God designed you, your identity in Christ, who you are, when you start to – understand what your identity is, you can use those God-given uh, God abilities to expand the kingdom, yeah. to fulfill your purpose, and God's going to bless you through those efforts. Yeah. And it like, man, that's a perfect, that is a perfect fit. When, you, when you're in that place where you know God wants you to be doing what, what God has designed you to do, and you're walking out the life the way that it's meant to be. Mm. Sweet. It's so sweet. It is. It's, it's so it's, sweet. It's right where you need to be. It's right where you need to be. And and I and I love how, you know, you said that because I just want to remind everybody that all of that, what everything that Dan just talked about, the scorecard idea, is is absolutely practical and, and awesome. And it just helps you really just test out your ideas. If these will actually hold any water, right? Like how much money is it going to take to do these things? And it goes without saying that as you're doing a scorecard type of exercise or, you know, throughout your life, right, you're always, it's assuming that you're staying in constant contact with God. You're praying with God. You have a living, breathing relationship with the creator, you know? Um, and one thing that I was thinking about as you were speaking is Let's go back to the Garden of Eden, right? It's such a great place for us to learn so much about life and how God intended it, right? When God said to Adam, Adam, you can eat from any tree in the garden except for this one tree. That was freedom to do what Adam felt like doing, right? Adam wasn't gonna just go about sinning, hopefully, but that's what he ended up doing. But God gave him freedom within the boundaries of God's word, right? What was the boundaries of God's word? Don't go eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For mm -hmm. when you do it, you will surely die. It's not because I don't want you to be like me, because that's what Satan said. It's not because I just don't want you to have any fun, because that's what the world says. No, it's because you'll die. <laughs> I love you, Adam. Yeah. Don't go eat from this, because you're going to die. And my point with saying that 
is that when we come to Christ, it says in Galatians 5.1, for freedom's sake, Christ has set you free. Do not therefore submit again to a yoke of slavery to sin. Why do we do that? Why do, we, why do we go back there? We're broken. I, we, I mean, it's, it's, we're broken. it's, it's crazy, isn't yeah. it though? We need, it's, it makes no sense. Just like Jeremiah the prophet says, and I, I always screw this up per, you know, when I try to quote it, but it's Jeremiah 17, 9, he's talking about the heart. And he says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? That's the heart. It's desperately sick. It, it, it's broken. Like I was talking to my wife one night about brokenness and I used the, 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 the picture of me. I stood up and I was like, you know what brokenness is like? It's like this. And I, I walked about five feet. I turned around and said, what am I looking for? I walked right back to where I started. And then I walked about five feet. I turned around and said, wait, what am I looking for? And I walked back to where I started. That's the human heart. Yeah. We go off in these directions and we forget what we're, what we're even doing. So we come back to the start. Oh, I'll try this one, right? I'll go try this one. I'll go try this one. The book of Ecclesiastes, by the way, is all about that. It's all about that. Solomon did that. <laughs> and he, his conclusion was at the end, he says, my conclusion is this. The purpose of man is to fear God and obey his commandments, period. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's your life. You will have life in that and the freedom that comes from that. If you live within the boundaries of God's word, when it comes to choosing what kind of life do I want, that's all going to be relegated by God's life that's in you, right? So you're seeking God. You're loving God by obeying God because like we've said many times in this podcast, Jesus says that himself. If you love me, you'll obey me, yeah. <laughs> straight up. And you have this freedom in Christ to live the way that God has prescribed. But as, as far as choosing where you're going to make your living, Unless God has given you a specific calling to be a pastor or to the ministry, or if you're really in contact with the Lord and, and he's drawing you to be some sort of specific thing, you have freedom to choose. If you have freedom, but I mean, look at the greatest commandment. Like when, I think we complicate our so Christian good. walk, don't we? Uh -huh. And we want it to be more than it is. But what does God say? Shall love the Lord your God. Yeah, Heart, love God and love other people. Like, just break it down to like, and that's that's what drawn me to the Nehemiah project. Yeah, because I love God. I want to do something more than what I'm doing right now, and I want to give back. And so, love God, love other people, and look what happens. Yeah, He'll meet you right where you are, <laughs> and then He'll just like, and that's what I love about Wednesday nights is like I just show up, and half the time I don't even know what I'm going to say. Yeah. Like it's just like, but but I I I'm. I'm willing, right? And I'm I'm able just to say, okay, God, just use me. Yeah. Like I'm I'm going to make myself available. Yeah. I pray that you just use my efforts here and just so whatever. And so that's and pretty he does. cool. And yeah. He does. And he does yeah. every time. And he does. It, it's it's funny the the things, the times when you like try and plan it out and do everything like, oh man, I'm gonna nail this one. This one, this study, I am going to knock it out of the park <laughs> because I've got it covered from nine different directions. This like I can't wait to hit this point and this point. Yeah. And then you'll be doing a Bible study and then uh there'll be a distraction where a baby will be crying yeah. or like someone walks into the door right at like the moment of like your biggest impact. And it's like, no one got it. No, like, one, got no it. one got it. And then yeah. there's times where you're like, God, I have no idea what I'm going to say. Yeah. And then people will come up to you after the study and go, like, oh my gosh, like that was the best study. God just, man, he, you spoke to me, man. You spoke to me. And yeah. you're like, what did I say? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've had those experiences too. It's like one of my, actually my friend, who's a pastor at a local church here, he was saying to me, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, he's like, man, I just thought I just did so horribly on this sermon, but like people came up to me and, and talked to me afterwards. It was just amazing, you know? And it's like, that's it's so true. So what, what's the point in all that? It's not about us. It's not about you. It, it, and then it never is. Yeah. As good, as cool as you think you are. You're not. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Well, man, this has been such a great podcast and I, we've learned so much, you know? Um, and clearly like we're both, you and I are very passionate about God and about entrepreneurship. And I'm excited, honestly, about expanding the life skills portion of the Nehemiah Project as we continue to move forward. And we've only been open since November of 2020. You know, we're, we're, and the Lord has blessed us so much with helping other people. He's given us all the resources that we need. He's brought, you know, people like you into our, pro, into our, into our doors and you're helping out with our program, you know? Um, and so I'm just so encouraged to see what the Lord's doing, you know, and I can't wait to see what he's going to do in the future. 
But for all you guys listening out there, I just want to thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast today. Please don't forget to share it with anyone who you think needs to hear it. Also, we've got over 1,500 downloads. Praise God. We're growing this thing. The Lord is growing it. If you uh, feel led to, we would really appreciate it if you go leave a nice little comment on our podcast page and a five-star rating. That'll help us out with those algorithms. But we uh, are hoping that you are enjoying what you're hearing and that it's blessing you. And we're gonna continue to do it. Love you guys. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. This podcast is being sponsored by Dickie Lyons and Paul Hodge with Varsity Wealth. Varsity Wealth is a financial planning firm that believes everybody deserves to be aware of what's possible. They help clients with the basics like budgeting biblically and getting out of debt efficiently, all the way to sophisticated planning of investment management. They have clients throughout the country and would love to be a resource to you. You can contact them for a free consultation at 985-246-5857 or email them at richard.lyons at nm.com. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast or donating to support the work of the Nehemiah Project, you can reach out to us through our website, tnproject.org, or by emailing our intake director at laura at tnproject.org. Thanks for listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast. For more resources about addiction recovery, suicide prevention, and overcoming other life-controlling issues, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website, tnproject.org. If you or someone you love is struggling, don't hesitate to reach out to us by calling 985-205-3022.